0: Welcome to Land Parties, Episode 153 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Ryan Smith. And usually, I would say with me is is Lucas Egan. Unfortunately, Lucas is out this week. He is feeling under the weather. Weather. So I know there's a lot of folks that uh, myself. I've got two sick kids as well. So. Hopefully he's getting some rest. Hopefully you guys are able to get some rest as well, and and you guys have uh kind of staved off some of these sicknesses and illnesses and whatnot. But uh, all in all, it was a fantastic week. Last week we had the game awards, or, or I'm sorry, the game awards. The game awards were here a couple weeks ago, and then last week we had the the esports awards out here in Las Vegas over at the at Resorts World. We actually recorded last week's episode down there. We actually had the the award show uh, with this past week. It was absolutely amazing. Such a fun time. And like, I got to say, like the people came out like they were they were dressed to impress. Um, I I got I grabbed a couple photos out there. (coughs) Excuse me. They had Sasquatch. um, That's uh, uh, Hercules was down there uh, doing some hosting and and uh, doing interviews Uh, of the winners and stuff like that. So uh, it was fantastic. Plus a bunch of us uh, uh, folks here in Las Vegas were able to get together for a shot. The folks over at uh, Las Vegas Inferno. Um, I think there's some folks from Storm Rush Gaming. Um, Obviously the Esports Education League was representing as well. Uh, All kinds of folks were out there. And it was just, it was really nice to be able to just get out get out there and and be a part of it. We got all kinds of interviews that we'll be bringing you guys throughout these coming weeks as well because we we grabbed interviews with a ton of people uh that were down there but overall it was a great it was a great celebration, a great kind of cap off to another crazy year that 2022 was. So it was nice, it was really a nice event and and like I said people they they came dressed to impress so it's always nice seeing the gaming community come together you know and and being able to represent and, and and really celebrate just uh all the accomplishments in esports this past year so again to michael ashford the folks uh over at the esports awards fabulous fabulous event thank you guys again for choosing las vegas and coming out here i it, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun it was really fantastic um, but we do, let me kind of switching gears here a little bit as well. Uh, we do have an interview, even though we don't have Lucas physically here, he is here with us in spirit. He grabbed a great interview with with Ryan Johnson, who is a founder of Community Media and HBCU Esports League. They're doing all kinds of great things as far as, uh, again, uh, another person or another group that's in the education and esports business. Uh, they really put a focus on STEM. They've got scholarships. Really looking forward to that interview. Uh, it's a fantastic group um so we'll we'll have that here after the break beforehand though there was some pretty there are some pretty big uh uh spicy news that just dropped here a little bit ago i wanted to go over it this is it's something that we I, I feel like we have to cover because this is this is absolutely huge but there was a lawsuit that epic games uh was had filed against them and essentially what was said was that uh they used um Epic Games used kind of not 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 really manipulative but more deceptive ways of grabbing information from miners, not to mention um they also had as a default where people were buying and purchasing stuff uh as a default option. So I believe they have to so this is this is a huge, huge they have to, the the they they the ruling went against them it was 520 million dollars that they'll have to cover in this settlement uh 245 million will go to customer refunds and 275 million dollar fine from the FTC which i believe is probably the biggest fine at least that i'm aware of that's absolutely huge uh for that violation they don't play around when it comes to Uh, Things of this nature, the FCC is very similar where they when when you get in trouble and it's bad enough, you know, the the fines are very steep uh, in terms of that. But the fact that, you know, again, that this game, especially in in more in particular, uh, Fortnite is geared more towards a younger audience for them to have a default option where number one, the, the default option was for people to purchase uh, uh, whatever whatever said item was. But then that they were also collecting this information on these on these kids, uh, you know, these these are children um, and, and they're grabbing this private information and I, who knows what they're doing with that information if they're keeping it for data if they're if they're you know selling that stuff off the big problem is the fact that they're you know especially when it comes to a kids game there should be some sort of parental consent uh that goes along with it and and that's where the issue came from was that there was no parental consent being given that the information could be given to uh um to epic games so you know whether they signed a contract or or signed the uh the stuff you know, to, for them saying, Oh yes, well, well they signed it. It's good to go. They're minors. Minors can't legally sign for themselves. They have to have a, a uh, legal guardian uh, to be able to sign that over. And and that's where the issue is. It kind of reminds me of um, some of the, like the, the Saturday cartoons and what they did with advertising and stuff like that. They are super protective of, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff, money in children and, and their rights and what they're able to do. So kind of, uh, <laughs> a little, excuse me, a little shady, uh, if you ask me in terms of being able to, to cash grab, having that as a default, uh, to make this purchase on, on whatever the item or whatever the thing was. And then not only that, but the fact that they're taking this data, uh, from minors. And without without parental consent, it's a huge issue. So that is a huge fine uh, that they are that they were impacted with, that they got hit with. So five hundred and twenty million dollars. And, and you know, a lot of times they levy huge fines and, and there there are those steep consequences because it's also a message to other people like, yo, don't do this. This isn't right. Legally. And you will get in trouble and there will be heavy penalties uh, for operating like this. So, you know, they they did what they're supposed to be doing. I didn't even realize either that this lawsuit, because there's multiple lawsuits that they have going against them as well. We know about the Apple, them fighting Apple and stuff like that, that ended up kind of almost being a wash. Um, I don't really know who was the winner and loser in that deal, but it definitely brought some things to light but uh yeah that is uh that is not looking good in terms of uh uh four epic games and to have to settle out 520 million dollars uh again they make uh, they make cash hand over fist through through uh a uh, fortnite but still hopefully that is that will will prevent any other future companies from trying anything um, similar to that as well. So especially with all these free to play games and things like that, where kids would be able to have access to these games, if you're doing stuff like that, like that, that is clearly a problem. And that's exactly why we have these uh, regulatory boards and 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 uh, uh, separate uh, entities, not entities, but uh, uh, divisions that that look out for this stuff and and make sure that you know the companies are playing by the rules. So. We'll see. We'll see uh, what happens with that. But it, it'll be interesting, too, to see in terms of because it sounds like they're going to be doing direct customer uh, refunds as well. So I don't know if that's going to be like, a uh, you know, you have to send something in to be able to get money or like a, a proof of, hey, you know, this person did get affected by this. We need to send them X amount of dollars or, or what that looks like exactly. But if you were afflicted by this or you know about this, um, You know, let us know, number one, I'm curious to see what that communication looks like and how they plan on rolling out, getting people their money back. Is it going to be an individual basis? Is it going to be lump sums? Is it going to be some sort of like i I'm not even sure it feels like a class action lawsuit and like people could just sign up to be part of that, that lawsuit or how that, you know, what that looks like exactly. Uh, So we'll have to, we'll have to see how, how that goes or how they get people their money back. So. Um, we'll see. And we're, and we're getting close to, I didn't even say it, but this is our last episode as well before the holidays. Uh, and and we take, obviously we don't take a break. (laughs) We will be back next week, but you know, uh, again, it, it, this is that time of year where it's things kind of slow down a little bit. People are enjoying family time and being off of work. So things are, a little slow uh, around around the town, around uh, video game news and stuff like that. There's not really any big major announcements coming out. Although, I know that High on Life came out here, I want to say, last week. And if you subscribe to uh, Game Pass... That is on Game Pass. I didn't realize that till here a couple days ago, so I'm going to be, because that game looks hilarious. It's by the the creator of uh, Rick and Morty. So if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you might want to check out that game called High in Life, and it is free on the Game Pass right now. But, uh, yeah, let's take a quick commercial break. On the back end, we're going to sit down. Well, we're not going to. Lucas sat down with Ryan Johnson, founder of Community Media and HBCU Esports League. Uh, And and, then we'll be back on the back end of that. All right, we'll see you soon. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle, Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On, and on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. What's up,
1: everybody? This is Lucas with Land Parties coming at you from the eSports Awards at Resorts World. I am sitting down with Ryan Johnson with Community Media. Ryan, I know you've been packed these
2: past couple of days, so thank you for taking a couple minutes. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. I know we've been planning this since eSports Business Summit, so a month and a half coming. Right? A month and a half coming.
1: I'm glad we finally get to sit down. <laughs> uh, let me start. Uh, for people unfamiliar with Community Media, talk a little bit about what you guys do.
2: You know, absolutely. So um, uh, my name is Ryan Johnson, the founder and CEO of Community Media. Um, As Lucas mentioned, our organization and and really our mission is around future-proofing diversity in the esports, video game, and Web3 industries. Um, And the way that we've done that in the past couple of years is by creating competitive and also career-based opportunities in gaming, um, specifically for underrepresented communities. So about three years ago, we started a video game league for historically black colleges and universities. um, And now kind of going into our third season, uh, we've been able and and super fortunate to bring in over 30 million views to our Twitch channel through our esports leagues, and then also uh, work with brands like Verizon, Discover, Nike, Hot Pockets, and Mountain Dew, um, and have upwards of 30 different schools that compete within this league. One of the things that we're super passionate about is our ability to provide scholarships and internships to these students as well. So last year alone, from a scholarship standpoint, in combination of last year and this year, I'm sorry, we'll... Uh, be close to $700,000 with the scholarships to different students within our various leagues. And last summer, we had about 25 of our students actually participate um, in full-time internship opportunities at organizations like Riot Games and 2K. So it was really cool. Uh, It's been really fulfilling to kind of build this out. And most recently, uh, we launched another property in addition to the HBCU Esports League called the Kickback. So the Kickback is an event, digital and in person, that we launched with Riot Games and Amazon Games. Um, so we're really looking forward to bringing in more Kickbacks and more HBCU Esports League programs uh, to life in 2023.
1: I love it. There's a lot to cover there. I want to dive a little bit deeper into a couple of those things. Uh, Let me just start with when you're creating these leagues here. Uh. What are some of those challenges you had to overcome to even get this off the ground? I mean, imagine... It just seems complicated looking at it from the outside.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, so I would say, like, the, the biggest challenge was that when we started this back in 2020, you know, no HBCUs, historic, for those, again, unfamiliar, HBCUs, just an acronym for Historically Black Colleges and Universities, uh, but no HBCUs in North America in 2020 had an eSports program. So for us, um, before we could start a league or even thinking about starting a league, we had to work with the various schools to actually get them educated to understand why eSports Sports was important. So that was like one of the biggest barriers of entry, was just um, the exposure and the awareness piece and bringing that forefront to these different schools. The second piece was lack of access to the technology for the schools as well. Um, you know, a lot of folks within esports are familiar with like PC being dominant, but when you look at African American, Latinx communities, um, console gaming is what's dominant, and a lot of that is due to socioeconomic factors in the sense that consoles are just significantly less expensive than a, a gaming PC the upkeep of that pc etc yeah. so one of the biggest challenges is that, you know, we wanted to get these programs into gaming, but you know, all of the traditional professional, of course, and then also collegiate leagues are sitting around uh, PC based games. Um, so for us, we actually had to build a league that was focused on what we knew. So our flagship titles are like NBA 2K, Madden, Call of Duty, Fortnite, um, which provides a much lower barrier of entry because a lot of our students individually already had consoles. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first step to actually getting the league off the ground.
1: Did was it relatively quick to get them on board to, to see the value in esports and, and building out these programs?
2: Uh, I would say like most institu- academic institutions, the buy-in early on, of course, came from the students, right? right. Because the students, they were already knew they already knew what was going on, they were already excited. It did take some time for certain schools, for their leadership to, find, to kind of see the full value of what we were trying to create. But again, I think that's the beautiful thing about esports and gaming is that we were able to proceed with the students that were ready and then basically take that content students talking about these earnings and scholarship related opportunities to leadership and then that was kind of how we were able to get some more um, support especially from some of the schools that weren't as familiar with gaming and what that brought or meant to the students I love it
1: and the career component to that you know helping them find internships and whatnot you you don't see that in a lot of programs and especially traditional sports you don't hear about that a lot of, of having them reach out to potential alternative path if they don't turn pro. Right. Why was that part important to you?
2: Um, because that's how we started, you know, the statistic that got us going down this whole path. Uh, We learned from the IGDA back in 2019 that nearly 83% of African-American youth play video games on a weekly basis, Mm -hmm. but you know, in 2019, there's only 2% of African-Americans that worked in the video game industry. So the first thing was like, well, if so many of us are playing, but so little of us are working, how can we create engaging programs that raise the interest and raise the awareness that you actually can work in this space? So that's why it was important. It's like, that was the reason why we got started in this whole notion. And then I'll say second to that, it's, it's kind of baked into all of the partnerships that we create, right? So if there's mm-hmm. not internships available, we convert to scholarships. Uh, but in a win-win scenario, you kind of get the best of both worlds. But then also, if you think about it, you know, historically, there's always been very strong um, goals and objectives inside of corporations to increase their diversity, mm-hmm. increase their minority talent pools, and just identify places where they can you know, reach out to find this talent. So for us, it's just something that we bake into the core of all of our conversations with brands scholarships or internships but best case scenario both of course of course you know collegiate esports i think as a whole has has obviously been picking
1: up steam here do do you get a sense of where you would like to see it as a whole head and where it can improve or, or what it needs to do to to take whatever the next step is yeah
2: um I don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn. Like, I'm come from traditional sports, but I respect and understand kind of like how esports is operating as kind of a sport, but kind of in its own vein. One thing I will definitely say is I will be super interested to see like who is the actual national champion, right? You have all these various collegiate leagues, and I would be interested, you know, HBCUs included, like what is going to be the tournament that's created within gaming mm-hmm. that recognizes the, the one or two schools that is like first and second place in mm-hmm. these respective titles. So I'm really looking forward to more of like that March madness style mm-hmm. competition where you have all the various collegiate conferences coming together for a tournament. Well, how do all of the collegiate tournament organizers come together and create a singular event or where there's representation, right? And I think it's a little bit more challenging outside of the HBC landscape because a lot of, traditional colleges and universities they compete in multiple leagues right right? so i think it's just more of what is going to be the entity or who's going to create the group that creates the ultimate collegiate tournament i'm really looking forward to that and then also i'm looking forward to more like just mainstream media opportunities so you'll start seeing or hope to start seeing more collegiate esports on like linear television on other streaming services as like prime programming versus just like content that's being produced that now lives on these platforms i love it i would love like a march madness style tournament that would be so cool so each year we could at least figure out like who are the best programs not specific to a league but specific to the country and just the attention and and media
1: that would draw to that that could only help exactly uh you know, so being part of the Las Vegas Review journal, I got to throw a couple of Las Vegas based questions okay. for you. Uh, obviously, we met at the eSports Business Summit. we're out here for the eSports Awards uh How do you view Vegas as like
2: a host for events like this? Uh, I think it's great man uh, i uh you know, I think most of the events gaming-related I come to are somewhat like base in the city. Uh, I mean, what I like about it is the convenience, the fact that, you know, you're in the hotel, that hosting, the conference, the award show. Of course, you have endless entertainment around you all the time, so I think that never, that definitely doesn't hurt, but I think, especially if you just look at entertainment and sports at large, Vegas getting WNBA franchise, getting football franchise, the city seems to be trending towards the direction of just wanting to be a hub for all things sports entertainment, so I'm excited to see what comes here next. Um, I'm not sure, you know, outside of the events that I attend to what happens here throughout the rest of the year, but Mm -hmm. um, especially when it's the warmer months, I think this is like a perfect destination for gaming-related opportunities. Uh, Yeah.
1: Is there anything that you'd like to see changed or improved
2: that you think would help the the overall experience here? Um, Specifically for the award show, I think it's it's been running pretty smoothly it's Uh very well put together I mean I wish it was warmer right I (laughs) mean it's pretty like who who, no one wants to come to Vegas and it's 40 and 45 and 50 degrees outside Um, so I think I wish that was a little bit different but as far as this program man, I'm really excited Um, you know we're also up for um, a potential award tonight as well so um, I guess we're just gonna kind of try our luck and, and 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 hopefully you know come leave here with some hardware you know, let's
1: talk about being nominated here. I mean, obviously that recognition uh, must mean mean a ton uh, to everybody there. Uh, not that we all do
2: this for the awards, but what does getting this recognition mean to you? It's really special, um, especially just, again, being around in this industry full time, you know, going on three, four years. It's, it's, it's been awesome to be recognized um, as one of the groups that's like a thought leader, mm-hmm. um, actually making an impact in the space and, and doing real tangible work. Um, I think it also speaks to the team that we've been able to build as well, because, of course, you don't get here without having amazing support and people around you. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's really awesome. And I think for me, it's not even just the award, but just the platform for other people that look like me to maybe be inspired to say, hey, look, you know, we don't see as many familiar faces in this space, but hopefully that can be like a guiding light, and inspiration light for those, you know, who are looking to build their company that may not come from a traditional gaming or esports background, so I'm excited to see what's going to happen this afternoon.
1: When you think back to when you started Community Media, I mean and obviously you had a great vision right from the get-go, but to see where you are today, did you ever think it would be this fast? Did you think you'd get there
2: quicker? Or do you think uh, it'd take longer? Honestly, I think uh, it, it's happening kind of like as, as it should or as, you know, we would have hoped it would have happened. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Definitely a lot of things are getting thrown in the face. And what I'll say is like, as we continue to move forward and progress, what I like about this journey is that it's the things that I don't plan for that are like the most exciting. Um, you know, we plan to create gaming leagues. You know, we had plans to work with amazing brands. So that was really cool when those things came to fruition. But it's like the things that came adjacent to those plans is what like keeps us going like gaming took us to france this past summer and going to france last year to talk about gaming and what we're doing is getting us a paid for trip to france with brands to do the same thing next year you know and that was something that was not on the plans whatsoever so it was like those types of opportunities that continue to come up so that's what I'm, i'm really like most excited about yeah if people wanted to support and follow what you do, how can they get involved? Yeah, no. So um, I always share like our company um, social media is community.co. So that's literally c x m m u n i t y.co on all social media platforms. And then for me personally, uh, my personal social media handles is Ryan Ran it Up. So R y a n r a n i t u um, p. So yeah, that's that's how people get in touch with us for the most part. I love it. Are there any particular
1: events coming up that you want to plug or that you're, you're excited about in the first part of next year?
2: Um, honestly, there there are a few. And so, you know, things continue to go as planned. We'll do our first major activation next year, uh, um, March 30th and March 31st in Houston. So I'll know by February 1st if that's actually going to come to fruition. So more to come there. But um, also February, actually, don't quote me on this, February 26th or February 28th, there will be a confirmation on this date. But uh, we're actually going to be hosting um, a Call of Duty tournament in person in Atlanta, Georgia with Mountain Dew. So that's going to be a really, really exciting event. Um, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that, but we're running the largest Collegiate Esports Tournament prize pool right now. Um, we have 16 HBCUs that are competing um, in the Mountain Dew branded Call of Duty Tournament with in partnership with HBCU Esports League. Um, it's a half a million dollar prize pool. Whew. Yeah, so we're doing the championship game in person in Atlanta, um, February 26th or 28th, one of those two dates. Um, So yeah, more to come on that as well. I love that. Is there anything else you'd like to add right now? I'm good, man. I'm excited. You know, we have a panel coming up in about an hour or two. Um, Had the esports awards this afternoon, so I'm good. I just appreciate the platform and opportunity to share. There's a few people I would love to connect you to um, that are doing some great things here with Las Vegas as well. Um, Yeah, so... You no, got I'm it, good. I'm Ryan. Good.
1: Thank you so much. I uh, can't wait to talk to you again soon. For sure. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it.
0: What a fantastic interview, again, Ryan. Thank you so much for speaking with Lucas and joining the show. Great, great information. Make sure if you have the chance, I will pop it up and I'll make sure that we have it on there. But check out the website, especially if you have a student age uh, uh, child that is. Uh, Interested in video games, eSports, STEM, any of that stuff. There's a lot of great opportunities uh, within the within the community and what they've got going on. This is I'm looking forward to checking out um, more of what they got, what they have going on as well, because I I think this would be something that um, would be good for my daughter, too, because she she's an avid video game player. But thank you so much again, Ryan. That's that's Ryan Johnson. Uh, We appreciate you being on the show. And I think that about wraps us up here, folks. Uh, Again, don't forget, hit us up on the tweeters at Pod at LucasEggen, or at Smitty2447. Again, happy holidays to you all. We hope you guys have an absolutely amazing, relaxing, chill-out recharge. We're almost at the end of of 2022. 2023 is around the corner. We've got major, major games uh, that should be coming out i'm sure that there's going to be some that'll end up getting pushed back to 2024 but i think personally 2023 is going to be spicy 2023 is going to be the spicy year that we thought 2022 was going to be let's hope that is the case again guys thank you guys so much have a fantastic rest of your week a fantastic happy holidays to you guys all and you know what it is We love your faces.